1 Chronicles 16. They brought in God's ark and set it in the middle of the tent that David had pitched for it. And they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. When David had finished offering the burnt offering and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in Yahweh's name. He gave to everyone of Israel, both man and woman, to everyone a loaf of bread, a portion of meat, and a cake of raisins. He appointed some of the Levites to minister before Yahweh's ark and to commemorate, to thank and to praise Yahweh, the God of Israel, Asaph, the chief, and second to him, Zechariah, then Jael, Shemiramoth, Jehiel, Mattathiah, Eliab, Benaiah, Obed-Edom, and Jael, with stringed instruments and with harps, and Asaph with cymbals sounding aloud, with Benaiah and Jehaziel the priests, with trumpets continually before the Ark of the Covenant of God. Then, on the day David first ordained to give thanks to Yahweh by the hand of Asaph and his brothers. A psalm. O give thanks to Yahweh, call on his name, make what he has done known among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his marvellous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the heart of those who seek Yahweh rejoice. Seek Yahweh and his strength. Seek his face forevermore. Remember his marvellous works that he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. You offspring of Israel, his servant, you children of Israel, of Jacob, his chosen ones, he is Yahweh our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember his covenant forever the word which he commanded to a thousand generations, the covenant which he made with Abraham, his oath to Jacob, uh, to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob for a statute and to Israel for an everlasting covenant, saying, I will give you the land of Canaan, the lot of your inheritance, when you were but a few men in number, yes, very few, and foreigners in it. They went about from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people, he allowed no man to do them wrong. Yes, he reproved kings for their sakes. Don't touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. Sing to Yahweh all the earth. Display his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations and his marvellous works among all the peoples. For great is Yahweh and greatly to be praised. He also is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but Yahweh made the heavens. Honour and majesty are before him. Strength and gladness are in his place. Ascribe to Yahweh, you relatives of the people. Ascribe to Yahweh glory and strength. Ascribe to Yahweh the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship Yahweh in holy array. Tremble before him all the earth. The world also is established that it cannot be moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice and let them say among the nations, Yahweh reigns. Let the sea roar and its fullness. Let the field exult and all that is in it. Then let the trees of the forest will sing for joy before Yahweh, for he comes to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks to Yahweh for he is good, for his loving kindness endures forever. Say, save us, O God of our salvation. Gather us together and deliver us from the nations to give thanks to your holy name, to triumph in your praise. 
Blessed be Yahweh, the God of Israel, from everlasting even to everlasting. And all the people said, Amen, and they praised Yahweh. So he left Asaph and his brothers there before the Ark of Yahweh's covenant to minister before the Ark continually, as every day's work required. And Obed-Edom with their brothers, 68, Obed-Edom also the son of Juduthun, and Hosar to be doorkeepers, and Zadok the priest and his brothers the priests, before Yahweh's tabernacle in the high place that was at Gibeon, to offer burnt offerings to Yahweh on the altar of burnt offering continually, morning and evening, even according to all that is written in Yahweh's law, which he commanded to Israel. And with them Heman and Juduthun, and the rest who were chosen, who were mentioned by name, to give thanks to Yahweh, because his loving kindness endures forever. And with them, Heman and Juduthun, with trumpets and cymbals, for those that should sound aloud, and with instruments for the songs of God, and the sons of Juduthun to be at the gate. All the people departed, each man to his house, and David returned to bless his house. So this is the joyous moment that the ark finally arrives in Jerusalem and it's set up in a special tent, which is called the Tent of David or the Tabernacle of David, which is different to the Tabernacle of Moses, which was you know, set up in the book of Exodus and Leviticus. So we talked a lot about that back then. And, and it's different to the, the Tabernacle that was at Shiloh that the Philistines destroyed. Um, so there's a different tent. And uh, so they bring the ark in and they make it says burnt offerings and peace offerings. And we talked a lot about all the different offerings back in the book of Leviticus. There are five different main types of offerings. And, um, but the two that are mentioned here, the burnt offering and the peace offering, they were what you call free will offerings. You didn't, they weren't legally required. You know, some of these other offerings, um, you had to do them in certain circumstances like to atone for sin and various stuff. But a peace offering, you make just because you love the Lord. Now, a peace offering sounds like um, you know if you you uh, you know if you accidentally do something terrible to a friend, you might bring them a peace offering to kind of like repair things, like to make it be peaceful. But that's not the type of peace offering talked about here. No, this is a different version. Might call it like a fellowship offering. It was something you did to God because you loved Him. You appreciated the fact he's given you peace, he's given you fellowship, he's given you joy, and it's something you do out of the, out of goodwill, out of the, the enthusiasm of your heart toward him. So when the tabernacle, when the ark gets to Jerusalem and it's in their special tent, they give these free will offerings. They make a heap of offerings that they don't have to make, but they want to make. And you too can make peace offerings to God today. You don't do it by sacrificing things like animals, but you do sacrifice other things just out of the joy of being a Christian to give something to God just because. And now David, he sets up a system of continual worship. So he's got all these men, and we read their names, like Asaph and uh, you know Jael and, and uh, I'm trying to remember some of the other names, you know, Ethan and some of these different people, and they, they were worshiping the Lord continuously. They set up shifts so that they would be on, you know, they'd be on shift, they'd be worshiping and praising, and then they'd go off shift, and someone else would come on, and it never stopped. Music, music's very, very powerful. I, I know that there are churches in the world today that do this. They have non-stop, continuous worship. I know IHOP in Kansas City, is it Kansas? Uh, International House of Prayer. 
in America um, is one of the churches that has continuous non-stop praise and worship, but they weren't the first. <laughs> Here's the first, right here in uh, 1 Chronicles 16. Music has a powerful place in the human heart. So, for example, if you're, um, you know, you're just going through a regular day and you just, you got all thoughts in your mind about all the things that are going on, and then you walk into the shops, and in the shops suddenly there's a song playing that's very cheerful, just a happy song about whatever, Next thing, you just start feeling a bit cheerful. So music has a powerful effect on, on how you feel. This is one of the reasons why uh, when people uh, start listening to certain types of music, it affects them. It affects them emotionally. So some people listen to depressing music and they soon they become depressed because it has an effect. So when we, you know, we join in with, with um, praise music, and this is one of the, and that, one of the things I want to say about that is I've noticed over the recent years there's less and less fast or even really fast super enthusiastic praise songs coming out. There's a lot more very thoughtful, intelligent, worshipful songs and they make you happy too. There's definitely a place for, you know, thumping happy praise songs, you know. <laughs> and uh, there's a, a country artist called Keith Urban. I don't even know if this guy's a Christian or not. Some of the things he does, he makes you question whether he's a Christian, but he's got this song called God's Been Good To Me, and I never even knew he wrote that song. Someone was playing it somewhere, and I went there. It might have been on the radio at the shops, and you hear this voice singing, God's been good to me. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> doesn't it just fill the heart with happiness? Well, see, happy music leads to happiness. If, if, you, if you are struggling with your feelings, I would be carefully choosing the right music, and be playing it all the time around you and it's gonna help lift you up. So music's powerful, but it's not just the music, like it's not just the feeling of the music, like say a major key and a good song and good chords to make, you, make a happy sound, the words themselves too. So when we're in church and we're singing praise and worship, we sing songs that talk about the goodness of God, the joy of the Lord, and all of these things, they don't only minister to your feelings, they minister to your mind and your thoughts. They, they're, they're teaching you, helping you to think about the right things. And these things together will lift you up to a, a better place. And that's what, why we enter his courts with thanksgiving. We enter his, you know, his courts with praise. So we, we, these things like praise and thanksgiving, they bring us into the presence of the Lord. It's very powerful and very, very helpful. And so this is what David does. He sets up continuous praise in Jerusalem. And um, we need to be people who are continuously praising the Lord too. It makes a big difference. Now, in the middle of this chapter, we have a, a psalm. Now, this psalm, the people who have analysed it, which was not me, uh, I just read what people who've analysed it have said. They said that this psalm is a composite psalm. It's made up from parts of three of the other psalms in the book of Psalms. So the first big chunk comes from Psalm 105. The next big chunk comes from Psalm 96. And then the last few verses come from Psalm 106. I believe that's how it was done. And so it's a composite psalm. They've taken... Now, and when you go to those psalms in the Bible, which is what I did, I went to those three psalms, Psalm 105, 106, and 96, and I looked at them, and none of them have written there a psalm of David, and none of them have a psalm of Asaph written there, but all three of those psalms were performed at the time the ark was brought into Jerusalem and they were sung by Asaph. So these psalms could have been written by David um, or they could have been written by Asaph. Both of these guys wrote a lot of psalms. 
but what we've got here is a composite psalm. We've got a psalm that was actually sung at the time the ark was brought in. All the people of Israel sang it, but it's parts of three psalms. Very, very cool. I want to point out two of the verses in here. Verse 8, which is the first verse of the first line of the psalm. It says, Make known what he has done. Oh, sorry, yeah. Make known what he has done. You know, the Lord, what the Lord has done. And you know what that means? It means it's a gospel psalm because the whole psalm is about what God has done. And it's saying that we ought to make it known. So psalms and songs and worship, they're not only about, you know, what they do for us. They're also about letting the world know what the Lord has done. So it's a gospel song. In verse 33, I just reading through it, I found this, I thought this verse was very interesting. It says, the trees of the forest will sing for joy, <laughs> for he comes to judge the earth. And I thought, wow, this is a verse for climate change people. <laughs> and uh, first of all, I love the figure of speech. That the trees of the earth will sing for joy. And you know that the earth was, is so frustrated. The, the, the creation, the, Paul tells us in Romans that all creation is frustrated because of sin. When sin came into the world, the whole earth was under a curse. Now that there is climate change. I know people talk about climate change today, and yeah, there are changes in the climate, little variations that are going on. Some people predict, you know, way out into the future that the earth is doomed. Um, you know, we'll have to see it with some of these things, but there was an actual climate change, and when sin entered the world, climate was just, climate was frustrated. And the Bible tells us that, that all of creation is frustrated. But here, it says the trees of the forest will sing for joy <laughs> before God, when he comes to judge the earth. Just talking about a very joyful moment, even creation is going to sing. And uh, I'm gonna read what, you, what I've written here. It says, creation will rejoice when the Lord's ways are established. Now, some people think that's at the end when he comes back to you know judge all things and set up the world. But the judging isn't necessarily that end time thing. It can also be sooner than that. Judging the earth doesn't mean to destroy the earth, as in like the end of the world, but it means to establish his people, to confirm them doing right, to validate what's right. And so in the world today, we have Christians and people who love the God, the gospel is, love the Lord, the gospel is spreading. This is a part of the process of God coming to judge the earth. It's actually underway. And so you could say the trees are even starting to rejoice now. <laughs> I think it's all very, very cool. And then at the end in this chapter, it talks about a guy called Obed-Edom who was continuously in the presence of God. And um, now he, this guy, there was lots of people mentioned in this chapter who were a part of the system of continuous praise and worship. But there was this guy here, Obed-Edom, it says was always in the presence of God. You know, I guess he went home at night to sleep. So I guess it wasn't, you know, literally 24-7 forever. But this guy, Obed-Edom, was continually in God's presence, and it reminded me of a few chapters ago when the Ark of the Covenant was in another Obed-Edom's house. So there was this other Obed-Edom who had the presence of God with him, and now we have this Obed-Edom who's continually in the presence of the Lord. And it just reminds us that you and me, we ought to be Obed-Edoms. We need to be people who are continually in the presence of the Lord. What a difference that makes. Father, thank you for this chapter, chapter 16. Thank you for the wonderful things that it contains. I thank you for this composite psalm. I thank you for the trees that are going to sing for joy. And Lord, our prayer is that you would redeem the earth, that you would, this judgment that it talks about, the judgment where you come to, to declare what's right, 
You declare your people, you know, who are serving you, declare them right, declare your name right. Come and judge the earth in this way, Lord, to establish what you're trying to establish, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.